You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sattery, joined by a very special guest of today's episode here. As we're around 10 days away from the 2020 NFL Draft, it is Kevin Bowen, the Colts do-it-all expert for 107.5 1070. The fan does awesome work as well on his podcast, Kevin's Corner. Kevin, how are you doing today, man? 10 days from Christmas, man. Can't be any better. So, uh, yeah, finally arriving very, very quickly before we can start looking at 2022 mock drafts. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Usually we see them right the day after. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it never stops. But let me ask you this, Kevin, first off, because honestly, this is something I talk about on the show and also you talk about on your podcast with Chris a lot. But do you feel like the Colts, I mean, honestly, with Chris Barry, we know how good his draft record's been, especially since 2018, since he had his own scouting staff on board. They've hit, like, multiple starters every year in the draft. But do you feel like this year, how quiet they were in free agency, really just adding in depth guys, really running it back almost with a lot of the players too, that they're like Jim Irsay and Chris Byer putting a lot of pressure on themselves to hit this draft out of the park again without a third round pick with the Carson Wentz trade? I do. Yeah. You know, it's uh, been a bit surprising now that, you know, we're over a month into free agency. I want to say it's 11 or 12 resignings. And of the four or five you've made outside of your own building, um, I, I wouldn't expect any of them to start. Maybe Isaac Rochelle, but we'll see how the next, you know, few weeks and months play out. But yeah, um, I mean, they have really ran it back. Philip Rivers and Anthony Costanzo in the retirement mold, and outside of that, it's you know, 19 starters, maybe 20, depending on what happens with Justin Houston. So, um, you know, it's one thing to listen to Frank Reich after the season ends in Buffalo, and you hear all those comments about you believe in this team so much, and you feel like you can win at them and really felt like this was a Super Bowl caliber team. It's one thing to say that in the moment, 24 hours after the season ends, but, you know, to be three moves, three months removed from that and for your actions to back up those words, you know, back in early January, I am surprised. You know, we know full well that agency is never a very, very active path for the Colts to take under Chris Ballard, but I would say this year more than ever, they've probably been quieter. Um, no multi-year contracts, obviously. And then in general, you know, penciling guys into starting lineups. Um, again, besides Isaac Rochelle, it's been a pretty much a bunch, bunch of offensive line depth signings and then Sean Davis is safety. Yeah, let's go ahead and also, Kevin, just with those depth signings like you mentioned there, really going on the margins, adding in depth where they need to. And really, it seems like honing on the draft to focus on their primary needs. Who knows on Justin Houston? It sounds like from Jim Mercer's comments last week that they're still in on him. We don't know if it's going to happen before or after the draft or if they'll even sign another edge rusher. But it seems like to me, Kevin, the obvious needs on the border for the Colts are at edge rusher and at left tackle replacing Andy Costanzo. Do you feel like it'd be a stunner at this point if the Colts don't address 21 and 54 or whatever they pick if they do trade back that those are their first two picks? Yeah, I would be pretty surprised. I mean, I guess if you trade back, it throws a little bit of a curveball to it. Just, okay, where does that – if an additional pick comes on day day two, where is that additional pick? You know, how does that, you know, maybe hinder um, or alter what you do? But, yeah, I mean, certainly when you hear Jim Mercer talk last week about 
you know, left tackle, edge, and corner. And then TJ Carey ended up being re-signed since then. I don't know if TJ Carey, you know, whatever, take care of that, obviously. He really, if he does take care of it, he only does it in the short term with him being, you know, 31 years old uh, here in a few months. And then also being on that one-year deal as well. So, I mean, got to thank left tackle and edge rusher for many reasons, short term, long term, that those would be the two positions. But having said that, I don't think if you and I talked, which I'm sure we did this time last April, I wouldn't have said running back would have been, you know, one of the first two choices for this football team. And yet they, uh, they did draft a running back and they actually traded up to take a running back. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to make me pick, okay, what are two positions that I think are most likely? To be there at 21 and 54, those would be the two. But you just – you can never say for sure because it always takes two to tango from a trade partner standpoint and trading back and trading up. And this is why we love the draft. You have no idea how that board is really going to fall until it starts to go on Thursday, Friday, and uh, Saturday as well. Looking at some prospects here, Kevin, honestly, we know with the draft coming up here, do you have any guys in mind that you've kind of watched recently that stand out to you as possibly as a 21. We know that the Colts have been looking heavily, if you look at their pro day list of where they've been so far, at the top left tackles, at edge rushers. Any of those names to you that you have the chance to watch so far, Kevin, that stand out as really good fits to you in your mind that fit the Colts at 21? You know, offensive tackle-wise, Evan, I mean, I think Christian Darius is probably the most popular one. Um, you certainly see why. Uh, I, I really like Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Now, I get it. He doesn't have the left tackle experience as Darisau. And that's a question mark that certainly you're going to have to overcome from an evaluation standpoint. But, you know, maybe I'm a little bit enamored by the mean streak. And, and you know, Darisau might naturally kind of, um, you know, get there by playing next to Quentin Nelson. But I really like Tevin Jenkins. I think Sam Cosme is a really good athlete as well out of Texas. So. Um, you know, he could be a guy that from a footwork standpoint, you know, being a team captain, those are some things that you like as well. So those are the three names I'll probably come back to the most, you know, at 21. You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, one of them or multiple of them are on the board there, and it's a situation where you trade back a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Dylan Radins out of North Dakota State's another name that probably isn't there at 21 for the pick probably more of a second rounder, but I think there's some intrigue there. Had a really good senior bowl week. Um, so those are probably the names that left tackle wise that, you know, I do think make the most sense. I know from a frame standpoint, some people are concerned about just the length of a guy like Rashawn Slater. And it sounds like he's going to go much higher than the Colts at 21, but I do think it'd be intriguing if he fell, uh, just exactly what the Colts would do in that sort of situation. I'd be surprised if they did something drastic, but I do feel like he is a very, very clean prospect, especially when you're talking about well, let's just get the five you know, best guys and figure out where their positions are going to be down the road. And then you look at also, Kevin, with the left tackle position, Costanza retiring. He was a stalwart there for around a decade with the Colts. You have him really in the last couple of years show within the lead offensive line around him. He was really one of the more – indispensable underrated guys for the Colts you were hammering this point home the last couple of years that Costanzo is that key fulcrum point for this offense when he was out of the lineup it really did not go up for this Colts team 
Do you feel like, honestly, though, with Costanzo leaving and with this left tackle class seems to be very good, there's guys probably the 21 to 54 range, even further than that in the draft, where the Colts could draft a day one starter. And that's obviously where they're going at this point, unless like a Sam Tevy or Julian Davenport impresses enough in training camp. Do you envision the Colts seeing like, hey, we can plug and play a rookie at this spot just because this offensive line, especially on the left side, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, is so strong and those growing pains might not be as bad? Yeah, I think it's a good point that you make, certainly. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've talked about it on the podcast before. There's a financial component that would really help you as well if you did find this left tackle of the future with that first-round pick and, you know, potentially have him on a very reasonable contract for four years and with that fifth-year team option. So, you know, given the continuity, I do think it would help you out, you know, if you could find that. And, and honestly, you look at those depth pieces – one thing that I think has been consistent with what Chris Bauer has done this offseason is if you look at the depth guys, you know, none of them are over 30, and they all have starting experience before in the league. Now, certainly we can argue how effective they've been as starters, but I do think like that's something just to note. Of they are a little bit younger than you know, some past veteran signings have been. And then also, you know, they do bring starting experience, which specifically talking about the O-line, that's what you didn't have last year. You didn't have any sort of depth competition that included, you know, recent starting experience or just frankly game experience in the NFL. So um, I think in an ideal world, you you let those guys like Tevi and Davenport and Chris Reed, uh, you know, Danny Pinter, Will Holden, you can throw those names in there. Just kind of compete, play it out, and, and find the best, you know, whatever, 8, 9, 10 that are going to dress and, and ultimately going to be on your 53-man roster. but. You know, left tackle has been something you've kind of kicked a little bit down the down the uh, sidewalk, if you will, um, for the past couple of years. You know, dating back to you know, drafting Jackson Barton in the seventh round a few years ago. It didn't take a tackle in last year's draft, but I felt like it was a mistake. And then Costanzo, it doesn't play out that final year of his contract. So now here you are. And as much as, you know, you might want the board um, to kind of talk to you, an edge rusher, is a need. I still think tight end is a high need as well. I really just feel like given this draft depth and given the situation that you're in, you really, really got to find that left tackle future here next week. I think also, I mean, looking at this left tackle position, last point here before we dive into the edge rushers, Kevin, is with this class, there's a lot of athletes, it seems like, and the Colts seem to have a type there at offensive line. I looked through just the athletic profiles for all the guys who've drafted since 2018, and including Danny Pinter, Braden Smith, Quentin Nelson. They're elite athletes for their position. Do you feel like, honestly, I mean, for, for example, like a Liam Eikenberg does not really fit their type, not really much of an athlete, has shorter arms too. Do you feel like the Colts really have shown they have a type at offensive line? Maybe that's where we should kind of pivot towards where you should expect them to draft, like Sam Cosme fits that mold, Alex Leatherwood. These guys are really good athletes that could really – get out in space if need be in that zone blocking scheme? Yeah, it's a good question, Evan. You know, I think it's difficult. We really haven't seen the Colts draft an offensive tackle with a high draft pick under Ballard. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would have to look back at, at the um, date all the way back to 2017 drafts. But, you know, obviously people are going to be like, whoa, 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 what about Braden Smith? I mean, he, he was not drafted to be an offensive tackle. So, you know, when you look at Jackson Barton, you know, a few years ago, again, he was a seventh-round draft pick. that point, you know, you're 200-some selections into it. You kind of throw that out the window. Um, so if you take out him, 
I, I guess you're going back to Zach Banner. And, and again, I, I've heard different differing opinions on how much say necessarily Ballard. I mean, certainly he's the one that all ultimately made that pick, but um, I, I think there was some internal influence from the coaching staff that played into that. So um, we just haven't really seen the sort of athletic makeup or whatever you want to call it to some other positions that we know of where it's like, oh, yeah, edge rusher. It's that quick first step. It's that blue trait. Um, you know, corner, for the most part, it has been a lot of length that they like there as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a bit of an unknown, to be honest with you, Evan. So, I mean, you would think great athlete, uh, footwork, you'll certainly be in really, really key. But at the same time, it's hard to say. I mean, does the fact that Braden Smith worked out at right tackle, and like you said, if you compare him to Liam, Liam Eikenberg, a very similar arm size or uh, arm, arm length, does that mean you're more willing to draft an offensive tackle that might not have those ideal uh, or the ideal wingspan? That's a great question. So I feel like it's a bit of an unknown. As much as we feel like we know a decent amount about Chris Ballard and his draft history, that one I don't think we have a great gauge on. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds beautifully sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Days, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that was surprising delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these, I mean, they all look incredible. You're going to have to get on this Colts fans because it's really a great deal we have it going on at BlueNile.com for these rings. If you're on the hunt for the pretty unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for, for too long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online name covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props, almost anything you can imagine. Bet online is careful of new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website you use mobile device right now, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is locked on. L O C K E D O N. Again, 50% off your first deposit at Bet Online with the promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mob Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL draft coverage. Let's move over to edge rushers now, Kevin. In this class, it seems like to me, honestly... It's a lot of athletic guys that are going to be projects, at least in that 21 to 54 range. Like Jalen Phillips, you have the major injury history with the concussions. He either retired from football for a year, had a great year at Miami. Quiddy Pay, very explosive, disruptive guy. It doesn't really put the numbers, though. And other guys in the second round, there's just a lot of athletes, like the Ben Banigou types to me, like Joseph Osaito, Texas. Do you feel like to, to you, Kevin, that this class at edge rusher – is really projecting onto who could be like an elite rusher because it seems like none of these guys, maybe except Phillips, if his injury history passes through, could be an immediate day one contributor. To me, Evan, it's one of the hardest edge classes to really get a great idea of. You know, Phillips had the big year last year. Uh, Quiddy Pay, kind of a you know quiet season, obviously didn't play 
in a whole lot of games, but he doesn't have a decorated resume, um, you know, sack-wise for you. Um, Ojolari, you know, similar thing to where uh, strong last season, but not a whole lot of production in college. It, that just seems to be kind of the norm with this group. I mean, J- Jason Owe, you know, extremely quiet senior campaign from a from a sack standpoint. There's not many guys that you look at and had multiple years of even seven or eight sacks in, in, in college. And I get it. You know, a lot of these guys are coming out after three years. You know, you're probably redshirting, not really playing a whole lot your, your first year. But still, you would think you'd have a couple prospects that would have, you know, a couple seven sack, nine sack seasons back to back. And now they're eligible to be in the NFL. So, um, you know, I, you hate to be like crazy critical and call it a flawed group, but I do think from a trait versus production standpoint, it's heavily weighted on the trait and not as weighted on the production. So, you know, how, how do the Colts react to that? They haven't drafted well at that position. Uh, we know that. Um, that to me is just such a fascinating storyline to break down of, or do you try to find the guy that maybe is the best mix of those two things? Um, do you stick with your beliefs from a you know draft philosophical standpoint of what you're looking for on the edge? Um, you know, do you feel like if Kamoko Terry was healthy, would he be making an impact at the, at this point? And those are all really really fair questions. But man, edge rusher is extremely difficult to get a gauge on in this class, no matter who the Colts draft. Let's say they take one at 21. Let's say they take one at 54. You're going to have people on both sides of the fence, enamored with the athletic traits or saying, how the hell did this guy not produce more so in college? Is there a favorite guy you've seen so far, Kevin, just like a left tackles? I know we just went over some of the guys there, like a Jim Phillips, Quiddy Payout of Michigan. Is there any ones that you like there? If they're on the board at 21 from what you've seen so far, some highlights that you're like, you know what, this guy seems like a really good fit for this Colts defense. And if he's there at 21, I'd, I'd seriously consider him. Yeah. You are you talking edge edge or yeah. Edge rushers, well? Yeah. Edge rusher. Yeah. Um, you know, Quiddy pays the name. I keep on coming back to uh, now is he there at 21? Who knows? But um, there's a little bit of body type that kind of reminds me. Of Robert Mathis, he's honestly probably a little bit more thick than um, than Mathis, but kind of a compact frame, if you will. Um, so yeah, Pay is one that I keep on coming back to. You know, Phillips for me, it's just it's such a scare with the medical. I mean, are we one concussion away from him ever playing football again? Like I, that's to me a question that obviously you can't answer. At least we can't answer, but uh, you would have to ask him. A guy that I do like probably isn't there at 21, but I do like Joe Joe Tryon out of Washington. I do feel like there are some there's some traits there. You brought up Joseph Asai earlier. There are definitely some some traits with uh, with those guys that you like. But man, it's it's tough to have major conviction, to be honest with you, on a lot of these guys. For me, Ojolari is just a hair small. You got to think about first and second down. I mean, if I'm spending you know, first round pick a defensive end, I, I probably want my guy to be playing multiple downs. I mean, yeah, if he can be a double-digit sack guy, I can get around that, but that's a big ask. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to make me pick an edge rusher at 21, it'd probably be Quiddy Pay. 
Let's go ahead, Kevin, and just look at this edge rusher fit for this Colts defense. We know how important it is. We've heard Chris Bauer in the past say the three technique drives this thing, goes out and gets DeForest Buckner in a trade, and we saw the huge impact he had last year. Corner is really not as valued in this scheme just because they play a lot of zone. But I think the most important positions are the three tech, the linebackers, and the nickel corner where Kenny Moore plays. But I think it's underrated, Kevin, how important pass rush is to this defense. And we've saw the last couple of years when the pass rush isn't there, it is really underrated for how important that could be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely vital. Um, you know, I, I know I've mentioned it before on my podcast. I would argue that even though Matt Eberflus says the top three positions for his scheme are, you know, the will linebacker, the slot corner, and the three technique, I think edge rusher is right up there because when you do run so much zone and you do ideally – want to rush four and cover with seven, then that that four has got to be really potent. It's got to have an ability to disrupt timing, uh, apply pressure, um, you know, get the quarterback off a spot and not need, you know, stunts or, um, you know, high level blitzing to get that done. So you just need some, you need some dogs up front. And so I think that's where you have seen a little bit of uh, just, just kind of a lack in that in that department over the past few years so um, I think it's continuing to be just a huge huge need for this football team and um, you know it's it's going to be massive to see uh, is this a trend that is just kind of a knock on the Chris Bauer drafting resume or is this a position that's very difficult to find and you need a few more swings at it to truly get it right. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's. I've just tried, honestly, a different protein bar brand for the first time in a long time a couple days ago. And, man, it was so disappointing after eating Built Bars for so long. And I can't wait for my next shipment to come in because Built Bars truly are the best tasting protein bar I've ever tasted. And I think many can approve of that as well. The Built Bars are so delicious. There's 18 amazing flavors that include nut and non-nut flavors. And they're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. The Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy out there as well. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. For example, the Coconut Almond Built Bar has 18 grams of protein within 130 calories. A great-tasting snack that will tide you throughout the day, Colts fans. With a free cool through next purchase while supplies last, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 50% off your next order of Built Bars. Again, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenford, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts are every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 in the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here at the edge rush position, Kevin, because you have to imagine with edge and left tackle, the Colts are going to address that here very early on in this year's draft. But before we close out today's show, Kevin, what are some other positions that stand out to you? Because I know, honestly, to me, this is something I've been pushing on my show a little bit here, is that I think tight end is a really underrated need. Jack Doyle, we saw, is very reliable, but he's not explosive. Same goes for Molly Cox. He's more so in that Jack Doyle mode than an Eric Ebron role. I know Colts fans think that mode could be more so like a vertical threat, but he doesn't have that game-breaking speed to me. One guy really makes a lot of sense to me, Kevin, and you're a Notre Dame Fighting Irish guy as well. And we know that Frank Reich was at Notre Dame's pro day, too. It could have been Eikenberg. But Tommy Tremble to me, if the Colts do trade down and get a third-round pick, I really like his fit for this Colts offense. He's a 
a kick-ass run blocker. He really knows how to do his job. Wasn't really utilized much in the passing game. So there's really some untapped potential there, in my opinion. Really, with Tommy Trimble or any other tight ends, Kevin, I feel like that could be a sneaky need where the Colts could go earlier than many expect. Yeah, you know, um, Trimble is a popular name that I've seen thrown out, thrown out there. I really like Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Uh, we'll see. Is the second round too rich, too early for him? Who knows? You know, Trimble, a few drops. You know, maybe as a fan, I, I'm a little biased and being like, man, I feel like for the last, you know, three or four years, I was left wanting more with Tremble. And is that something to where he gets out, you know, of a shadow to where there were some more well-rounded tight ends maybe? I, I, I don't even know if that's the right term. But um, – and now he's going to flourish? Or are you going to be left kind of wanting more throughout his – his career and tight end doesn't appear to be great depth in this draft either. So um, Brevin Jordan's a name again, just more as a receiving threat out of Miami that I, that I like there, but you know, as far as positions, otherwise, I mean, left tackle and edge rusher again, one and two on the list. I, I think it's a little bit of drop to get to tight end. And then I think tight ends kind of on its own level. I really do. Um, I'd say probably a drop from tight end there to like, all right, I look at the re-signings you've had at corner and wide out and sit here and say, yeah, you're probably good at those positions for 2021, but it was just one-year contracts for Hilton, Rhodes, Carey. You know, all of them are going to be, I think, 31 or 32 here this season as well. So, you know, you start to get in some long-term questions at those spots. And then I'll probably throw safety into that group as well. Again, I, I, I still think you're pretty good at safety for the here and now, but it's a position in today's NFL where if you have kind of a unique player that's versatile, can help you out in some sub packages, I do think that's something to potentially tap, to, uh, t- tap into. Last one here for you, Kevin, before we close it out, maybe get your predictions here before the draft and recap just really the offseason really quickly for you. But Looking ahead to the Colts draft, they have six picks this year, and they're projected to have six picks next year, not including the comp picks they're probably going to get from Danico Autry and Jacoby Brissett, which you could put it around like seven or eight when you get to the very end of it. But when you see the Colts only having six picks in this year's draft with the Carson Wentz trade happening last month officially, do you expect the Colts to make a trade down here? I mean, it's fair to say with Chris Bowden's draft history, outside of 2017, the Colts have moved down or out with their first-round pick every single time. I think it's fair to say, like, not not exactly put a house mortgage bet on it, on, on it, Kevin, but maybe like a good solid bet somewhere that the Colts are probably going to be fielding phone calls here if the guys they like, there's a lot of options they like, at 21 still available where they can move down to the late first, early second range. It really seems like their sweet spot there. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to make me pick, you know, is it likely the Colts trade back at some point in the draft? I'd say certainly. Um, now, the question you got to ask really is, you know, are you trading back for a pick this year or maybe a pick or two next year? You know, because that's where you are also losing some draft capital and, you know, more valuable draft capital than what you're going to lose this year. Now, some might say, well, this year matters, you know, whatever. you got to see what you have in Carson Wentz and this and that. You know, you kind of got to push all in a little bit more this year. But based off the Colts' actions, I I wouldn't see wouldn't say that they've, you know, really acted necessarily to be – Uh, following the same sort of blueprint that that maybe some fans think that they should follow. So, yeah, I I would – I think it's a fair fair bet. I mean, certainly you just rattle off a little Ballard history and know full well that he's a big, big fan of that. I think trading all the way out of the first round 
is a bit of a mistake. I mean, 21 overall, like that's, boy, I mean, that's, that's a great opportunity to get a franchise cornerstone type of player. And if you get out of the first round and now you're drafting 30, whatever, eight overall, sure. You know, that guy could be, you know, whatever, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith, or that guy could be Rocky Seen. You know, it just, it gets into a little bit less of a certainty. Um, or I should just, it, it adds a little bit more doubt into things. And I also think contractually, you know, it does favor you to stay in that first round as well. But um, we'll see. I mean, it, it's, what we love about it is it's just impossible to predict. And you've got 32 people making decisions that you think you have a decent idea on, but all it takes for one to go off the beaten path. And that's going to impact everyone else around the league. So again, if you're going to ask me here on April 19th, I would say that they will trade back, but you just don't know, man. Last one here for you, Kevin. Appreciate the time as always. If I put you on the spot here, just if you're in the Chris Bauer GMC for a moment on draft now on Thursday, and there's one guy on the board at 21 that you're head over heels in love with, do you think it's a perfect fit all the way around for the Colts? Who are you, quote unquote, pounding the table for at 21 if he's there and you're like wanting to run up that card? Oh boy. Of position. Yeah, I'm really left tackle edge. You can even go, I mean, wide receiver for the guy you likes there. Like, it really, any, anyone on the board for you, Kevin. If, if someone's there at 21 and he somehow slips there, or you think he's just a great fit, anyone stand out really much to you? Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, when you talk left tackle on edge, I guess we've kind of gone over those. I don't know if there's anyone that I'd be like, you know, training back with Quiddy Pay on the board again would be a bit surprising for me. You know, as much as I don't think wide outs a need, I mean, what if for some crazy reason Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith really fall? Um, boy, that would be hard to turn down. Uh, really, really hard to turn down there. I know some people have asked me a lot in recent days about Caleb Farley. I just haven't seen the Colts too keen on taking medical issue guys. Um, so that would be the question you have there. That'd be the question you have with Jalen Phillips. Uh, or Greg Newsom's a name, Evan, that I really, really like, but you know, when you think about the Colts and corners, they really like ball production. Newsom didn't have a whole lot of that at Northwestern, but I do think if you take that part out of his you know, evaluation, I do think there's a lot of boxes that are checked that the Colts would have some intrigue by. But again, 21 overall, I've seen a little bit later in some mocks as well. So yeah, probably one of those Alabama wideouts. Uh, I don't expect either of them to be there. But if you got to mid, late, late teens, who knows? Kevin, always enjoy having you on, man. And cool twins, if not already, Kevin is a must-follow on Twitter and a must-read and listen over at 107.5, the fan. Go ahead and follow him over on Twitter at kbowen1070 and go listen to his podcast, Kevin's Corner, and go read his work as always. Go to 107.5thefan.com slash Kevin Bowen, and you're going to be able to find all of his work on one page there. Kevin, really appreciate the time today, man. Thanks, Evan. Enjoy the uh, call before the storm, man. Yeah. <laughs>